0: to fly over footy this is phil here and i have a very special guest i think this is the biggest guest we've pulled um not including i guess a couple small side interviews audio only with uh loose fan but we have manuel vaith uh with me with us here today manuel how's it going man
1: it's going all right there's no way i'm your biggest guest
0: yeah well i mean we're a small podcast
1: <laughs> oh, I mean, for now once uh city take off it will be a massive podcast you'll see
0: I hope so. We'll see. (laughs) I'm not counting on it, but that would be a lot of fun if you are correct. I would love that. Um, But Manuel, if anyone hasn't heard of you or seen your work online, I think we all know you most for all the breaking news you've been putting on Twitter, um, especially about St. Louis Louis City players recently. But you're also the area manager for Transfermarkt USA, correct? You've been doing work with them for a long time.
1: Um, really oh, a long time it does feel like a long time because it, I started with them two months before the pandemic hit and uh, that's two decades right Rather in two years
0: oh my gosh yeah
1: <laughs> um, so yeah I've done a, I've worked with them now um, you know they, they I started for them really trying to hit and expand on the u s market of course transfermark has been a big side for quite some time and Um, my job with them is to sort of do what they do in germany and in some of the other countries and um, transport it to the north american markets or the us and canada where i'm 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 canadian german canadian based on vancouver island on canada's west coast and um yeah sort of do what they've done in other markets and um i have to say it's done like the reception has been fantastic you know people um in the different markets have have really um, taking the product, and um yeah,, uh, it's been a lot of fun, and we get to we get to break a lot of transfers, which is fun, but we yeah. also get to do in-depth interviews and articles, and yeah it's it's fun, it's fun, it's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, so it's crazy. I've heard your interviews, many different podcasts. Um, so you know, it's the Bundesliga one for for Total mm. Soccer Show is one of my favorites. I'm a big follower of, of Bundesliga, but um, I didn't realize that you lived in Vancouver first of all, and then not until Vancouver today. Vancouver Island. Ah, this is different.
1: Vancouver Island. <laughs> okay, explain the difference then. <laughs> the difference is that Vancouver is the city. Vancouver Island is where uh, British Columbia's capital. Oh, okay. Is Victoria. So we're two different cities but we're like it's close um you know we're separated by a body of water but it's only about 120 kilometers or 90 miles between the two places so i do i tomorrow for example i am at the vancouver whitecaps game cool um um, the season opener for the whitecaps um so yeah it is a little different um victoria is its own city it's actually quite a big city as well um so that's where i'm based in um, but of course, I am spending a lot of time in Vancouver because the, the the you know British Columbia, that's the province where both of those cities are in. Um so yeah, slightly different, but almost the same.
0: No, I'm sure it's quite a bit different compared to Vancouver is is such a I've never been there, but I do hope to make it to mm-hmm. Vancouver Island, and um, that's something we almost did. i I actually uh, honeymooned in Seattle, and we were gonna take the you know it's the ferry city. No, I know. (laughs) You have to hate them, I think.
1: No, you know, I I have lots of friends in Seattle. One of my closest friends lives in Seattle. I spend a lot of times before the pandemic, of course, and uh, when the border was much easier to cross. Um, As you said, there's... Victoria is kind of in between Seattle, so you can take a ferry to one or a ferry to another. Yeah. Um, so, we, you know, it's kind of like a triangle of cities that are yeah. very, very close and very interconnected. Uh, so, the pandemic has been brutal in that, that it has separated people uh, for two years, right? And um, I think all the respective governments don't quite understand how harsh it is to mm. have things like testing and so on on the border because it does prohibit us from having interconnected, like having relationships that we have fostered for, for many, many years, right? And decades. Yeah. So, but it looks like we're kind of going out of that, so that's nice.
0: So <laughs> prayers up for that one, right? Uh, but yeah, I, I always regretted not going to Vancouver uh, or Victoria Island. I mean, so Vancouver someday.
1: Island. So be careful because there is a Victoria Island. No, that's
0: what I mean is Victoria Island. We could have gone there in my honeymoon. We didn't go. So. No, no,
1: no, no. So I'm on Vancouver Island. Oh, I know. Victoria. Yeah,
0: yeah. I Victoria
1: got it. Island is on on the Arctic Circle, so I doubt you would have oh. been able to go there.
0: <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah, I'm. All right. I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm gonna go look at a map and I'm going to get all this a little more figured out. <laughs> I'm, I'm re- I have a big blind sight on the western side of the country, so it's something <laughs> no I need to do more. Well, something else you said you were going to do today. I kind of was like curious. You said you're cycling right now. You were at like a bike shop when I got the uh, time zones incorrect this morning, right?
1: Yeah, no, I've, I know. I have been I used to play soccer um, among many other sports and I've totally wrecked my knee. And a few years ago, I started um, riding bike and it's gotten into a passion and I wanted to start a racing um, back in 2020, but, you know, pandemic kind of put <laughs> put yeah. a bar on that. So um, I'm finally signed up for my first races this year um, after two years of just training for nothing, um, finally <laughs> get the race, um, which is nice because like I used to play competitive soccer. Um, I was a, I was a varsity rower in university um, here in here in, on Vancouver Island and um, just nice to be able to go to back to competitive sports yeah. after two years of not being able to do any of that.
0: Extremely cool. Yeah. And we all need something to keep us occupied when we got nothing else to do. Insane. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, let's talk about soccer. I was really curious about all that stuff. Um, but I, let's talk about all the announcements you have these uh, the news you've been breaking mm-hmm. lately and we'll go in order of when they were signed and when they were announced and, um, Selmir Pedro would be where we would start then. The first player, uh, pro player ever to be announced for the MLS team that will be starting in 2023. Left back for FK Sarajevo. He's a Bosnian national. And that's where I'll stop. W- what were uh, some of the thoughts about him that you had when you first saw the news? Broke the news. It,
1: it, to be honest, uh, um, so I didn't break that one. Oh, okay. St. Louis annou- announced it before... Um, I got my fingers on it. A little bit of a left-back signing, I think. Um, left-back signing for a left-back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, still on the Petro. Um, yeah, he arrives from FK Sarajevo. Um, he is going to play for the MLS Next Pro. Or Pro Next Pro. Yeah, Next Pro. I always mix it up. Pro Next and Next Pro. Uh, starting in July, right? They paid um, 300000 for him um dollars or euros sorry euros and um yeah i mean honestly i know that this the sporting side of it is quite high on him he's a bosnian national team player i know there's a huge bosnian community in st louis so Mm i i they kind of i know that or this sounds sounds like a marketing signing he's not um that wouldn't be fair but I know that they they really wanted to make the first signing someone who had that kind of background to sort of get that community excited right um and he, player i think um he's he's a he's a good piece and a good starting block and you know he's going to be one of many many signings to come
0: mm-hmm. yeah I, I, this is a theme for a lot of these players uh, that we're getting from europe but they There were lots of rumors of him being picked up by other players. I know Lazio was rumored to be interested in him. And so I didn't know if you had heard about some other teams that were interested in him or whether it was relatively easy to get him for 300 euros, 300,000
1: euros. um, Yeah, there was a lot of teams interested. I know there's a couple of Bundesliga teams that wanted him as well. Um, So he was on a lot of people's radar. Um, And then um, Lutz got it done, I guess, signed the guy. Um, through his various connections that he has, and yeah, I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to see him too. I can only reiterate what people in Bosnia have told me that mm. you know that he's a very good player and um, that they were so they were a little surprised maybe that his next step was MLS. But I think MLS is changing, right? Like now, if you uh, in your early twenties and you go to MLS, that's not your final destination necessarily yeah. anymore, right? Like the league is changing dramatically, and that, that it becomes more of a league where players can go. And then develop, and then actually still have a pathway to go to one of the bigger European leagues.
0: Yeah, I think we're going to circle back to like three or four of the themes we just kind of brought up that are going to be recurring in this interview. So um, let's move Mm -hmm. on to the next player, and and you guys will be sensing some of these things. Tomas Ostrak, you'll have to forgive my pronunciations today, Manuel. Mm -hmm. um, But he comes from FC. This is the one I want. I've been working on because I've heard you make fun of uh, Taylor on, on TSS for saying it the wrong way. FC Köln? Köln? Köln. Köln. I've I've tried. That's the best I got. (laughs) Tell us a little bit
1: about Thomas. Yeah, Thomas Ostrak. He is a a good signing. A really good signing. And um, when I broke that news that he was going to St. Louis, I had uh, a couple people in German football for me and they're like, no way. (laughs) No way, he's going to St. Louis. No way, he's like he's a like, Köln will never let him leave, and uh, there's a couple other Bundesliga teams like no way. I'm like, I, I, my sauce is pretty good. I know where he's going. Um, and then they're like, no, 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 no. And then a day later, it was announced. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, yeah, it's, it's a good signing. I mean, Köln were really upset that um, they couldn't keep him. Um, the the issue, of course, is. If they really, they didn't give him the playing time that he wanted, right? Um, And I've been sort of hearing that from Ed Köln, you know, he had, I think he's played in four Bundesliga games, and uh, Baumgart, Stefan Baumgart, the head coach at Köln, he's been kind of mm, a little peeved about the fact that he's leaving. Hmm. But at the same time, you know, he didn't play him enough. Yeah. and um he he sort of preferred other players in that position. Um, Duda is one, right? And uh, Kinds is another one, and um Thielmann And you know you you sort of when you have a player that you need to develop, you you sort of have to ask yourself the question. Um, if you don't give them a good pathway for development, you might lose them, and I think that's exactly what happened here. And I know that uh, here again, uh, Arminia Bielefeld, were a Bundesliga team that we're looking at him. Stuttgart was another one. You know, those teams um, kind of lost out on this, and yeah, he's he's going to play. Um, he's going to play MLS uh, next pro, next pro. That, that name is very confusing, by the way. I agree. Have thought of something way better. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> so he's gonna play that as well. Um, yeah, it's, I, I think this is a really exciting signing. Um, yeah. You know, and it speaks again for for the 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 people at the club to convince someone who has many options to come to Saint Louis and say, you can play here two three years and then you're still in your mid twenties and you can still mm-hmm. go back to Germany. You know, the the pathway. From MLS to the Bundesliga is isn't quite open one or Italy Italy is another one where a lot of players have been going lately right um, or you go to Belgium and um, so there's lots of options that you have um, if you are a young player and come to MLS and play here a couple of years
0: yeah Yeah, and and he's one, I think he mentioned how, you know, he wants to stay in or get into his national team picture, Um, Mm -hmm. and that's something I think we'll touch on with our final uh, player we're going to talk about today as well, but um, a couple things that struck me about him, one is that his stats are not impressive, but all we're hearing about this guy is how impressive he is as a player and how much he's desired, and his his ceiling is, is rather high from what everyone is saying. And so we'll be able to see that as well. But the another thing you mentioned, uh, the teams interested in him, maybe Stuttgart and uh, Armenia Bielfeld, Bielfeld, um mm-hmm. Recently, someone in the front office in St. Louis um, put up some stats about pressing stats and Mm -hmm. the style of play. And that was one thing I noticed is that those two teams you just mentioned, by watching them and seeing them on that chart in the same kind of regions, um, it sounds like he's a good fit for a pressing team, which is the rumor for St. Louis, right?
1: That's exactly where it's going to go. Um, They want to press, press, press. You know a lot you see a lot of mls teams kind of go and play with a number with that number 10 role that a traditional number 10 role right and yeah. that was sort of the theme a little bit less last year but the year before where you had a lot of teams kind of looking for that specific kind of almost traditional playmaker and mm-hmm. uh, you're not necessarily going to see that in st louis you're going to see the more um and that's where bradley cannell came as well right because he is from that red bull school of thought where you like counter press counter press counter press attack 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 so you're going to see you're going to see that um in st louis it's going to be a little bit different than a lot of the other mls teams are constructed and um the signings so far fit in i think yeah you know so yeah
0: there's a definite purpose, and these players all seem to represent that purpose, in my opinion. Mm. Um, and maybe another—I don't know how you feel about this parallel—but perhaps he could look like someone like Brendan Aronson does for Salzburg, and when he mm. played for the Union, if things go well for us, maybe.
1: Yeah, I mean Brendan kind of uh, developed in a little bit of a different direction when he joined uh, Salzburg, right? Okay. Um, he was a more of a, a bit more of a static player just simply because like that was almost demanded. Um hmm. and he has developed almost into more of an attacking um in stick, we have this wonderful um you know, he's almost like a half player of two positions. Like he's a, he's a still an attacking midfielder, but he's almost playing on the wing as well.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: you see that in the Salzburg system, or in the red Bull traditional red Bull system, because Leipzig have sort of kind of moved away from that a little bit. Yeah. Um, but where you have like two attacking players playing at, at fr- about just behind two traditional forwards, and they kind of, they're on the wing, but not really, because they kind of press, and it turns into like a four attack kind of formation, and it's very flexible. And you see that with Brendan Aronson's play quite a bit, that like, you know, the, the, the system that he's in um now has almost made him more of um an attacking half ten half winger, if that okay. makes sense.
0: Yeah. And so could you see could you see Ostrak doing something like that or you No
1: know, with Ostrak?
0: Ostrak, thank you. <laughs>
1: um yeah, I, I think so. Um, I mean, it'd be interesting. I mean, this is just one of many pieces. Like how many players have this? I know four. And let me just take a look at the MLS Next Pro team because that list has just come out too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and some of these players on the MLS Next Pro team will probably make the roster next year.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. So I actually, I, I encourage anyone to actually take a look at this team. Um,
0: I, th- I figure Aaron Hurd and he might compete for time Depending on where Aaron Hurd is played But he's someone, obviously, um, might go to Bayer or Leverkusen at some point if, if all goes well, perhaps But I didn't know if you mm-hmm. thought those two would be fighting for space
1: So I think anyone who's on that MLS Next team By design has a chance
0: mm-hmm.
1: to play for the MLS team next year Not all of them are going to make it, of course, right? But the whole idea is that this team is sort of the blueprint of what the MLS team next year is going
0: to be. Sorry, yes, I see where you're going now.
1: (laughs) Right. So, um, which is interesting because I think you're going to get a really good idea of what you can expect, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Sort of a charlotte has done with the Charlotte Independence in USL. Only this is going to happen in MLS Next Pro. So, yeah, I, I, it, that, that gives you a good reason to go to the games, I think, if you're a yeah. St. Louis fan and check it out, right? Because I think you can watch that and it's going to be, for them, it's, it's a, great, a great thing to have because no other MLS team had that previously, that they sort of have this laboratory Mm-hmm. for a full year where they can just test out these ideas and see how it goes and I also like play these really young players like you said Aaron Hurd for example or there's an, you cut out a few other ones like Anthony Falwell who's only 16 right uh... so yeah keep a close eye on that
0: and then we might get an idea of where we may, where we might see someone like Ostroch or uh, João well, so you, Klaus, perhaps.
1: Yeah, yeah. So Ostroch and Klaus, like my understanding is that they're going to play for this team.
0: Yeah, <laughs> which <laughs> is insane, right?
1: It is. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird. But I mean, Christian Fuchs did the same for Charlotte. Yeah. Um, he played for the Independents, right? Um, so it's n- not unheard of that these teams like we i guess we just saw it at usl in the past that expansion teams would like have a usl team and then um sign players and have them already play in the usl team for like half a year or so mm-hmm. and then make that transition so but yeah the, the plan is to have joe <laughs> Klaus and um Ostrug and um maybe a couple other guys play for this team
0: (laughs) it's insane so I'm curious because here we're thinking the difference between boy it'll be really good to get our team firing on all cylinders together but at the Mm. same time are they going to lose a little bit of punch having to play such a low level for half a season or or less even what do you think
1: I don't know I mean I think it's still better than um, just having training matches and again I mean you know that that that's what it is and it's it's not that long it's really only from july to like when is the season end november right
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: so um i don't think it's the end of the world um to be quite honest and again i mean it gives it gives everyone a good idea of preparation to see where they're at and what style of play they can play and, and i know that like um the current management staff bradley cannell is going to Although officially he's not the manager of this team, but he's still going to have a, a pretty strong hands-on approach on how how this team is going to be set up. So, mm-hmm. I think it it makes total sense. And um, yeah, I'm I'm actually really curious about I'm actually really curious about this league altogether.
0: <laughs> Me too, to be, to be honest,
1: <laughs> because uh, we we included on Transfermarkt in the database, and um, you know we had to add all these guys that these yeah. not even exist in our database, but. You know, we're going to have all the players, and we are going to have the schedule. We're going to have all the data <laughs> on it, so it's a it's a huge new project that yeah. uh, me and my team have to take care of.
0: <laughs> I had a feeling you might have a hand in it. We were actually going to you guys were some of the first to put the team names online, and we weren't sure they were right, but they ended up being correct. So we weren't sure. So if we yeah, were really, we yeah. had
1: we had working names uh, for some of them. Oh, we, okay. No, okay. either. So we just said like, okay, we know which teams are going to be in it. Uh, so and we knew that like some of them were already second teams
0: I think so ours was kinda, correct though yeah I think City it was City 2 or something like that
1: yeah so. yeah I think all of them actually most of them ended up being correct yeah. because I thought they would be maybe a bit more creative in MLS <laughs> to give these teams see I hate the fact that they're all just 2's yeah me too
0: um,
1: me too except for of course rochester is an independent club real monarchs i like that i like that uh seattle's team that tacoma defines is like mm. just give them a different name like or north texas like give them their own brand i think that'd be kind of cool kind of like you know what what the nhl does with the ahl yeah we all know these are the farm teams and they have the same logo and everything and. Um, but for the most part, they have their own names. I know the Vancouver Canucks, my NHL team. Of course, it's the Abbotsford <laughs> Canucks in the HL. But you know, just be a bit more creative.
0: I'm with you. Those and all the teams <laughs> you mentioned that you liked the names; those are left over from like the attempt to be different in the USL. So that yeah. was I thought that was a nice aim. Maybe we'll see a resurgence of that someday. I think it would
1: be really cool. To, like just break. You yeah. know, just like maybe call them the St. Louis city boys or like <laughs> you, you don't even need to do much. You can right. still also use the same branding, right? Yeah. Like same colors and everything. But it gives, you, it gives you an opportunity to put a different logo on it
0: Yeah,
1: and sell more stuff. I agree. So this is what this is where I'm at. Like, <laughs> why are you passing up the opportunity to sell more stuff? Yeah,
0: <laughs> they'll get there. I think it's just a little early, you know. No one's really thought too hard about anything quite yet. I think they're all just trying to make sure we have a decent a decent season here. It's been so fast. Um, but yeah. one person that's going to play for that team and uh, the two team, another person is João, I always get that wrong. Zhao Klaus, um, striker. Big guy. Um, Hoffenheim doesn't seem to value him, seem to be sending him out on loan, um, which we've seen as being good and bad here in St. Louis so far. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I actually, you know, he did really well um, on his loan stint in Austria. And um, after that loan stint in Austria, there was a, they, were, they actually thought that he would stay
0: mm-hmm.
1: with um, Hoffenheim. Um, for whatever reason, that did not materialize. Um, his numbers at Lusk were really good. Yeah. Um, I think it was 12 goals in the end, right? Let me just, just let me just pull it up before I say something that's not correct.
0: <laughs> I have 24 um, goals, five assists in 61 games. I have transfer marked up in front. That's of correct. Me. Yeah. So,
1: but he had <laughs> a season where he was quite quite good um, i think it was a, it was the second year okay Yeah, uh, 2019 2020 where he had uh, 12 goals and four assists in 28 Austrian Bundesliga games and then he that you know previously at uh, um, helsinki he was his numbers were excellent mm-hmm. he scored 21 goals and four assists in the Veikkausliiga um i think Lutz knows was part of Hoffenheim when they initially signed him right and he has a he has a very strong connection to the brazilian scouting or had us a very strong connection to the brazilian scouting team mm-hmm. back there so I, I think i my my you know my reading of the situation is that he knew this player and he know, knows what he can deliver and sort of sees the potential there that um, he just this setup could could work for him and i have to add too like um last year with standard leash and standard leash was like in a really weird kind of situation where the fans were really unhappy with the players and hmm. the club and all that and uh, at one point i think they even stormed the, the the training facility so it wasn't a good place to be at and he scored five goals and four assists in 13 games hmm. that's, that's those are good numbers yeah right um right he didn't really quite replicate it this year um and and he hasn't really replicated it for where he is right now in Saint truden's but I personally think this is a really good player and the way I understand this deal too um they signed him for three point three point two million euros um the actual figure that I first quoted was five million dollars and that's that's because the number that I was given um, included his salary over the entire period, oh, okay. uh, MLS period, not the MLS Next Pro. Mm-hmm. And this is also why he's a DP player, designated player, right? Because Major League Soccer in its infinite wisdom does not just count salary as part of the designated player deal, but also also the, the fee paid. Yeah. And then they, they split it up over three years. And if the fee and the salary over the period of the contract is over DP, you can't buy it down, which I I sort of knew. Uh, I know a couple of people at the MLS office that explained this to me. Mm -hmm. I think it's a ridiculous rule. Um, Maybe Mm -hmm. transfer fee should be separate from the salary, but here we are, and this is why he's a designated player because when you just take his salary, his salary is significantly below what does the designated player would be so this is actually a a pretty good signing in that regard right um because i think um and someone in the mls headquarters will probably correct me on this but if i'm not mistaken you can actually buy that down later on
0: Mm -hmm. yeah we were talking about whether we could and we think that it's low enough that you can buy it down with with Just that's not
1: the first year
0: yeah But all the things you're talking about, I imagine everyone has seen the Sam Stay school article that was, you know, talking to the financial executives for all the MLS uh, teams, and so yeah, I, I thought that was a great article, and so I wasn't aware about that until yesterday, really, when I read that article. But
1: yeah, I, I had someone break this deal down for me, and this is how it was explained.
0: Okay, well, lucky you have someone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I needed someone to help me with this too, because sometimes these rules are just over the top right yeah. um so yeah he is not he is he is a designated player because of the transfer fee only
0: yeah and another cool thing that i read just in passing is that um it sounds like these executives aren't keen on all the rules anymore either that there might no. you know there's a change in attitude and so it's just waiting on the league to, to make their changes i think changes. they're working
1: really hard of taking fees out
0: that'd be great
1: like just have this have the salary as like the the part of whether a player is which in my opinion makes way more sense because like all of a sudden someone like him and the fee wasn't that high it it, essentially they paid market value for him didn't they Mm
0: -hmm. yeah
1: and he then all of a sudden is the same category as someone like Thiago almada who atlanta paid uh, 16 million dollars yeah i mean. Sorry, but that's not that's not the same category.
0: Yeah, exactly. And actually, while we're on that topic, um, Matt Baker gave me a lot of these questions, uh, my colleague here at Flyover Footy. Mm. But um, let's talk about that. So $3 million is right around uh, 3 million euros at, at market. Um, I've got them right here in front of me. And... Um, what do you think about St. Louis's build as far as what he will be like in comparison to the other DPs? Do you think he'll be on the high side of the spending, low side of the spending, or is it just too soon to say?
1: I think he's probably going to fit right into that category. Um, you know, he's, kind of average? He's in, I, yeah, so like, I know, for example, with Joachim Nielsen, um, where a deal is agreed in principle, which does, of course, not mean it's done, mm-hmm. right? Um, the understanding is that St. Louis is his preferred destination, but um, nothing is ever done until you see the piece of paper signed and the club announcement with the nice little logo and everything, right? Mm. And even then, I've seen transfers still fall <laughs> through afterwards. But <laughs> Me too. Um, um, but, it, you know, they are very close. And even with that, my understanding is that it's not a designated player deal. Cool. Um, because he's a, in this case, he's a free transfer, right? Mm-hmm. So there's no fee involved. So whatever you're signing him for. Aha. And it's actually, you know, it's just the salary. And he makes, um, I think he makes about 800,000 euros in at Arminia Bielefeld. But that salary gets cut by 45% if they get relegated. So,
0: mm.
1: you know, it's not like his contract expectations were... Oh, I'm going to come over here and make two million dollars.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? And then also, um, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but Missouri is a low tax state.
0: Yeah, I think on the state level it's relatively low, yes.
1: Yeah. So like you have to because in Germany, you make eight hundred and twenty five thousand, the taxman takes fifty percent.
0: hmm
1: Right? And so you come to St. Louis and let's say you make six hundred and fifty and the taxman only takes twenty. Mm. So like that—that that. Yeah. That, that yeah. is actually like something that I find really interesting about a lot of these <laughs> like recent transfers that you see from these like players who are still in the prime coming over because you're like, okay, MLS is actually pretty good, and I'm making five million in Germany or Italy or wherever, and then they come here and they like make four and a half million dollars, but what they get at the end of the day is still more.
0: Well, if you run into Joachim, he will have to be careful. There's a personal property tax, so he has to be careful how expensive uh, his I'm
1: car be sure. is. I'd sure he has people that's way smarter than both of us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely
0: true. Yeah, well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about Joachim. Um, I was interested in um, the fact that he was excited to come over, and he wants to make sure he stays in the Swedish national team. And I was a little <laughs> surprised at that. And that was been mentioned about some uh, other players we've talked about today. That yeah in general, we can just talk about how MLS has really come up in the world. I've been following the USL for a long time, and now I'm paying so much closer attention to MLS and hearing, like you've said, young players wanting to come to MLS and not feeling trapped here. Um, other players feeling like they might get into a team like Sweden, um, their international stay, team.
1: Or stay yeah. in a team like Sweden. like exactly. in case, right? And yeah. then
0: MLS might help that. That's really shocking to me. So, uh, maybe you can kind of talk about that. I mean, you're German, and so um, I'm curious what you have heard from people internationally about mm. MLS lately in that way.
1: I know a ton of attention from scouts and agents on the league um, for two reasons. A, because it's a great market to discover young talent. Uh, and B, it's also one of the few markets, few, because I, I categorize it as one of the top 10 leagues in the world now, right? Yeah I think it's it is still behind those top 5 in Europe um quite significantly but it is probably when it comes to salary and average market value and that sort of stuff it is a right around the same as Portugal and huh. the Netherlands what it lacks of course is those big teams like there is no Ajax there is no Sporting there is no Benfica there is no PSV you know those big teams don't exist mm-hmm. but then there's also not these really small teams that those big teams like Destroy eight nil, right? Those don't, don't exist in this league either. So, when yeah. I mean, you go top to bottom, it's it, it's about there. Um, but what is different is right now because MLS has all these billionaire owners, and we had attendance because America didn't care about the pandemic. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, because of that, um, there's actually money here, mm. and so a lot of a lot of European agents are saying. Hmm, we can actually still sell the guy that no one in Europe is currently wanting to have, right? Or you have some European club that's saying, oh, we got this left back and uh, he's making this amount of money and no one in Europe wants him, but an MLS team might, yeah. right? Um, so I think that's really quite interesting, but it, that increases the the buying power of the league and the buying power of the league also makes a more desired destination. And that in turn means that most scouts and agents are looking at the league, which in turn also means that all of a sudden the standing of the league has increased internationally, right? Yeah. Um, so if you have the eyeballs of scouts and agent on your league already, then if you're an international playing for a team like Sweden, that's not necessarily a step down for
0: you. Hmm. That's cool to hear. And it is nice to hear. I think mostly as Americans, we hear the league you know, playing level is really rising. And I do think it's true to a certain extent. But having that financial explanation, I think, is a lot easier to believe. And it's more concrete as well mm-hmm. to, to be able to believe that. That's interesting to hear.
1: Yeah, and it's a feedback I'm getting too, right? Like, yeah. This is not me just saying this. This is, this is feedback from people that I talk to every day about, about the league and the competition. And I find that interesting too because... Mm. Obviously, we have teams in this league that, when you watch them, you're like, "Oh my god, why am I here?" And then you have other teams <laughs> where, like, they're really good. But the buying power is there; the money is there to spend, and it's not that hugely different than watching a mid-table game in out and outside of the top five leagues, mm-hmm. right? I think what we're still lacking is absolute elite teams. Yeah. And that is the salary cap world isn't yeah, it i mean yeah. you, you just can't have that in a league where everyone is the same or almost the same um i guess some some clubs uh choose not to be the same
0: yeah um
1: there's some teams that still refuse to spend money but <laughs> i mean <laughs> that's just how it is um yeah. a, a, but i think the level is rising every year and um I th- i'm really curious to see how st louis and i think st louis is going to be a team that's going to be built a bit different um you know Joachim Nielsen already shows this all of a sudden there's a team that's actually caring to spend a little bit more money on defense mm-hmm. and then the the salary cap world means that a ton of money is spent on attack maybe a bit of money on midfield and then the goalkeeper and the rest is all kind of like well maybe you find some guy in college who can yeah. stand on that position <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. And, and I mean to be fair I do think Americans tend to be better on the world stage in the the positions further back on the field. But I think that's a conversation for another day. And maybe we can fit it in with parody yeah. versus killer super teams and things like that. There's a lot to talk about there, but probably not today. Uh, but I'm glad you brought it up. It's all stuff we should be thinking about with this MLS build. And I do want to, I want to um, move on to talking about Lutz Fennenstiel. and Steele. Uh, clearly, you know so much about the Bundesliga that I've been really excited to hear what Germans and in the international community, especially the soccer international community, thinks about Lutz Fannenstiel. And uh you've been following him longer than us, so I thought I'd open up and let you kind of talk about uh what you know about him and, and perhaps how people view him.
1: Yeah, I mean, he had an interesting career, right? Um, yeah, <laughs> I the Maybe the most person.
0: interesting, yeah?
1: <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I first saw him play here with the Vancouver Whitecaps. Um, I think I was still in the. Was that when you played NESL or USL? It's a, it's a long time ago.
0: It was USL, I think Whitecaps too, right? Yeah. Am I right? And then,
1: then he was like, he was. No, no, this was in the still were like oh, not okay. in the MLS. This was before MLS. This is how long ago this is. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm aging myself here. <laughs> um this was when I was in university um for my bachelor. But yeah, um I think you know, so he's kind of gone from this being this globe trotter goalkeeper who's played in every corner of the planet, and he's kind of sort of used all these connections that he's made. To build himself a, himself a really good career as um, a sporting administrator and then director, right? Um, mm-hmm. He was in scouting as well with Hoffenheim. He worked in the youth uh, youth academies there, um, and I think his net global network that he has has really helped him with identifying players and finding players, uh, maybe in places where other people don't look. Hmm. And um, that sort of led to him, you know really being on the ascendancy inside the Hoffenheim setup Hoffenheim setup is of course a very good setup in terms of what they do in terms of scouting developing players finding players and uh, then he went to fortuna dusseldorf uh, where i reconnected with him because i did an interview with him a few years ago for forbes cool
0: um
1: and um yeah he's just a really interesting person um and i think he's someone who spends a lot of time thinking about the decisions that he makes He's not someone who just goes out and spends a ton of money on on the players that he they, they identifies. Um, I think there's a certain profile that he also looks for. You know, he wants someone who's uh, athletic, fast, um, good on the ball, uh, strong technical ability. Mm. Um, you know, and that's that's sort of I think what we're seeing here. And he's also you know, Bradley Canales is a really interesting choice in my opinion as well as his head, coach, head coach because he knows. Bradley for a long time and the mm-hmm. two have worked together in their charity. Um but they also um worked together in, in their various different projects. So I can sort of see there's a natural connection there and there's a it's going to be a very strong interconnection between the boardroom and what's happening on the field, right? Yeah. And um yeah, I think it's um fascinating to watch. It what is he's doing there.
0: It is. Right. And, and and to go back to like some of these guys that we've talked about today don't have incredible Uh, statistical attacking output you know what I mean and and Mm. so it's been really interesting I think Matt Doyle kind of went off on Zhao Klaus uh, yesterday saying he didn't look that good and his stats aren't that good and and in some leagues he seems to do very well
1: Uh, Um, maybe he needs to watch him every once in a while I mean (laughs) I, I, I always love when like analysts that don't watch these smaller leagues say something like this yeah um People who work in the actual front offices of clubs are way smarter than we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is this is the thing that you have to remember too. They have access to statistics that we don't. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't, I didn't see what Matt Doyle said exactly. Um, so it wasn't totally damning, felt. and
0: I I do think he softened it at the end of the thread. But um, you know, I guess I guess it's interesting that between the statistical pro, uh, production. And seeing that there is this commonality between all these players and that Mm. if they are being built for a system, I think we're going to kind of see in St. Louis what Lutz is made of. You know, can he build a system with a bunch of players that people might even doubt the production of? You know what I I mean? I think
1: people said the same thing about Nashville, right?
0: Yes. Yes, they did. That is a great parallel. (laughs) How did that go? (laughs) Pretty good, I'd say. I mean, I'd be very happy if we had a similar season to them in the first few years. I mean,
1: again... There's people working for these clubs that are way smarter than you and I yeah. or anyone else who's working at the journalism side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, I ha- knowing a bit about the Klaus deal too, I know he's not signed as a designated player anyways. And mm. um, knowing about who else is coming, um, yeah, I don't know.
0: I'm going to ask you about that at the end. We'll see what you can say. But <laughs> more, more on uh, Lutz. Um, I, it's been interesting that you talked to him during the Fortuna Dusseldorf situation. It only mm. lasted a year. I heard it was a difficult situation for him to have found himself in. Can you maybe elaborate on that just a little bit?
1: No, well, it only lasted a year because he got the offer from St. Louis.
0: Oh, really? So <laughs> yeah. I thought, I mean, it wasn't a great season either. Um, that's debatable. But still, I had no clue. He literally just wanted yeah. this job.
1: Well, I think that this was gave him an opportunity to work at a club that wasn't necessarily steeped in this uh, fandom tradition. You know, mm-hmm. German clubs have um, huge membership clubs and every member thinks they own a piece. And I think that was something that really frustrated him. Mm. And um, this gave him an opportunity to work somewhere where he could build something anew. At least this is the impression I get when, from the times I've spoken to him, and um, to build something from scratch, right, and not having to deal with those annoying members yes. <laughs> that tell him every every part of the way that this is wrong. And also, like in Düsseldorf or oh, Düsseldorf-Köln, uh, Leverkusen, uh, Gladbach area, there is uh, several newspapers that print uh, three or four pages each on every club in that in that <laughs> on, in that region every day so they, they they show up to the training sessions right and some guy will have yelled at the coach that makes the headlines oh. right um and then you had situations like one of my favorite stories is that Friedhelm funkel the the former fortuna dusseldorf head coach um we didn't have a best relationship with either but i know that Friedhelm Funkel, for example Went to play cards every every I think every every Wednesday or Thursday evening he went play cards with all the journalists. Wow! (laughs) So it's like, how can you win that, right? If the the guy that's like everyone's darling is buying everyone beers and is playing like scat with them, it's like that's funny. You know And if you were someone who just wants to and he wanted to de- deconstruct and reconstruct Fortuna Dusseldorf from the ground up and I like you can't, you can't do that. And so I think he just looked for a place where he can do it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think the Bradley Canal will be playing cards with any of the newspapers mm-hmm. in St. Louis <laughs> because I assume there's only one and, they, <laughs> and I don't think the St. Louis SC is going to feature heavily. Uh, no. not four or five pages heavily. Right. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> no. I think this is sort of where, where it's gone a little wrong. Um, and like, yeah, you can just like work in quiet and do whatever you want there. And, yeah. uh, you know, there's, there's a different sort of pressure because like even in the first year you are still kind of creating. Um, so yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. I, I, I don't blame him. And he has uh, communicated that to me as well, even in a couple times we've talked that, you mm-hmm. know, it, Having a traditional club with lots of tradition can be a very difficult endeavor. And that makes a lot of sense. There's nearly no tradition here in St. Louis. Um, and even what tradition there was, um, our fans have been very open-minded since he's come to change. Um, Mm. so, you know, I think he's landed in a good spot if that's what he was looking for. Um, anything else about Lutz? Oh, one thing I wanted to ask, and you kind of elaborated on it when you were mentioning the financial side of MLS versus the rest of the world. Um, that We were wondering if Lutz is able to have pull Whether it's his experience, what people know about him in the international community um, Whether people are able to trust him or if he's just a, a good talker Or perhaps it's that financial side that's been able to pull decent players to St. Louis At such an early stage in the game
1: Well Ostrak would not be here, Klaus wouldn't be there if he wasn't there yeah. Same with you, Arkham Nielsen. Nielsen, um, and same with the next few guys that will show up.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: They won't. They won't come. Uh, <laughs> it's not
0: just the money. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I think it's it's a, a bit more than that. I mean, obviously, N- MLS is also a place, like North America, is a place that a lot of players want to go to now. Yeah. Um, and not just for the financial reasons, also because of the lifestyle. And um, yeah. I think that is something where a lot of these cities are very competitive. You know, sort of for the experience that players can have, um, mm. experiencing, and it's not just to retire anymore. It's be really competitive, yeah. and I think that's a huge difference.
0: Um,
1: and yeah, I, I think um, knowing a bit of what's in the works, um, I, can't, I can't reveal it because it's not anywhere near enough close. Mm. I, I think there's a lot of reasons to be excited about.
0: So a lot more fun and interesting players on the way, perhaps, you might say, perhaps. (laughs) Well, um, I look forward to that. I've been really excited um, about the way it's been going so far. I think the last thing I was curious about is, Um, I find it interesting if you were to look at what Charlotte's been doing in this kind of Mm. a bit of a debacle debacle with the late DP signing not working out and Mm. the coach kind of saying that he's worried about the season as far as that's concerned Um, what do you think about how St. Louis is doing so far with their build do you think it's really early is a good thing or a bad thing or um, whether they've got a lot up their sleeves that'll happen last minute. I don't know what, uh, what you think about how it's been so far.
1: I think it's still really early. Yeah. Um, I'm actually kind of surprised how many players in March 4th um, they've already signed.
0: Me too, yeah. It and feels many, so early to have this many.
1: And, and, and knowing some of the targets that have been identified, how many other targets there are that are also close mm. already. Okay. Um yeah but I think it's the difference is that they have this MLS Next Pro thing.
0: Yeah.
1: Right where they can they can say okay if we have four or five maybe six guys signed by July maybe more um then they can already play together. Um which of course then also means um you you have a little bit more chemistry when you hit MLS. Mm-hmm. Um the, the but as for Charlotte I mean <sighs> that's that deal with uh, I think it was Diaz right Um, that was all that that was done Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, and it fell through I mean what are you supposed to do yeah and then you're so late in the game and you have an open DP spot and um, then some legal things thing back in Spain torpedoes it even though the contract is already signed and that's that happens that's sport um Mm -hmm. But in the end of the day, thankfully, they, I think they still have the time to, to, to make up for it. And I didn't actually think they played badly in their first game either.
0: No, no. I think everyone was uh, pleasantly surprised. I think what, yeah. who they played DC. I think some people were saying, "How? what does it say about DC? But we'll see in that way, right?
1: Yeah. So, Yeah. Anyways, we're off topic, I think. Yeah,
0: no, I mean, I think we're wrapping up because I think that's the the majority of what I wanted to ask you. Um, Is there anything that maybe we should know or any thoughts we need to be thinking about as St. Louis fans going forward, things we should be looking for?
1: Watch the MLS Next Pro Team.
0: Yeah, yeah. I There's a game tomorrow, so I'll say that. Funny. We're playing our old rival, St. Louis FC, and Louisville City used to have a massive rivalry. It was called the King's Cup, um, since our names both derive from a King Louis, even though they're separate King uh-huh. Louis. So this is a big deal. We're, we're all excited to kind of feel this rivalry a little bit, even though it's preseason. So go to the game tomorrow at 3.30, uh, but I you off there Manuel what were you gonna say
1: yeah that, um, just go and watch it buy the tickets I think it's worth it
0: yeah I think it's 10 bucks come on guys yeah, you can do on,
1: it I think like, <laughs> 10 bucks for football and they, I assume they have beer and snacks and all that kind of yes stuff too?
0: and it's oh gonna be God. 73 degrees tomorrow it's gonna be I don't gorgeous know what that is. Um, <laughs> I don't either I want to say it's probably like what 21 or something what's well, extremely comfortable it's like a temperature you set your house at
1: 22 yeah like 21 22 okay Something like that. It sounds nice. <laughs> it's going to be beautiful,
0: which is a rarity here in Missouri, in my opinion. It doesn't last long, so it'll be a good game tomorrow.
1: Yeah, go out and support it. I, <laughs> I think that's good fun. Um, I'm going to have to watch the Whitecaps tomorrow. I think I would rather be in 21 degrees Celsius, um, <laughs> watching, watching what could potentially be next, year, next year's team.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Well, I'm super excited to see it. And Manuel, you've really given us a lot to think about and things to look for um, as far as perhaps where and how these new players of ours are going to play based on uh, what we might see tomorrow. Thanks for talking to me and, and putting up with... My time zone and geography problems I've had today. I really appreciate it.
1: What you should do after this show, you should take a map of Canada.
0: I need to Just take a look. I really
1: need to, and I will it's do this that. Massive country to the north of the US.
0: So. I've heard of it. Yes, this Canada you speak of. Well, Manuel, thank you again, um, and I hope maybe we'll talk to you soon when when uh, you drop some more uh, rumors and and announcements on our laps in the near future. I hope.
1: Yeah, for sure, absolutely. And thank you so much for having me, Phil.
0: It was a pleasure.